You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. This episode is brought to you by RoastersMarketplace.com. What is this website, though? It's basically like a Steam store for your coffee. You can get all kinds of different coffee. Uh, going by a roast, so like light, medium, or dark roast, or by region. And uh, if you go to roastersmarketplace.com, pick a bag, and use the code GAMER, G-A-M-E-R, you get free shipping off of your first order. So go to roastersmarketplace.com, pick up a bag, and use the code GAMER to get free shipping off your first order. Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros, recorded on July 12th, 2020. I am Dirk, and sitting in front of me is my my best friend, my co-host, my oh. good buddy, Stev. Oh. Stev, how you doing, buddy? I do all right. You it's, call me best friend. It's great to have you in my house and record this, this section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Dude, I am so excited. We're in the best half of the year. The second half of the year is always the best part. Oh, yes. It is actually scientifically proven that every single time that we get past the first half of the year, the rest of the year either becomes utter shit or <laughs> it becomes the best thing that anyone could ever experience. Hell yeah. Dude, we've got a lot to be excited for anyway. I mean, besides the the console releases that are coming out, we're, we're going to have our own console war mm. where the, the pace-eating Nintendo fans like myself are going to be sitting in the corner like just, just watching morons do it out or we're gonna be playing pc and going guys come on please can we just play morrowind like, just, just let me play morrowind <laughs> fucking i'm always reminded whenever uh, whenever somebody brings up the console war i remind i'm reminded of the uh, fucking flash gets video yeah where they're where it's the fucking microsoft versus uh p uh microsoft versus sony just duking it out just right next to each other just trying to steal each other's fans and then of course there's the poor Poor Nintendo on the on the Wii U console, just kind of <laughs> rowing and rowing and rowing, and then at the apex of everything, PC just comes down like, ha, 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 you filthy plebeians! <laughs> no, the, the the Nintendo guy is in the corner. I like Graveyard Keeper. Like I like it when I get to play comfy games on my Nintendo Switch. I played I played Dark Souls at thirty frames per second, Wee. sometimes less. <laughs> <laughs> like I like it when I you and Mario goes Bing Bing Wahoo. <laughs> oh God! Meanwhile, oh. the PC uh, PC guys are just wondering. Like I wonder if I can. No, my computer's on fire right now. I should yeah, probably put in yeah. another fan. And another fan on top of that fan to make sure that fan doesn't overheat the other fan. We got this. Dude, you know what helps your P- your PC sound less like a jet engine? And it's not the, the most expensive kind of upgrade either. Just liquid cooling. As soon as I got liquid cooling from my computer, not only is it is it running quieter, but it's also running much more efficiently. That was like one of the best things I've ever done with my PC besides changing the graphics card. Mm-hmm. I love running that thing. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to it whenever I can. It's just that right now, I don't really even notice the damn thing because I have noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just going to let this run. Hmm. I'm going to play video games now. (laughs) Well, besides that then, let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. So, my first game of the week is actually going to be something that has been out for quite a long time. It just recently got a new update, and I've been very excited in actually playing it. It is yeah. called Hell uh, Hell Let Loose. What this game is, that is, it is a World War II video game where you get 50 on 50 players fighting against one another. One side is Americans, one side is the Wehrmacht. 
and you're basically just battling out on points. What sets this game apart from other games like Battlefield, Battlefront, all those other games that you see out there is that it's actually somewhat realistic. Somewhat realistic. It's actually pretty realistic now that I started thinking about it. It's a lot more tactical that involves the players actually performing different roles in order to succeed in capturing objectives, pushing out other people, and just generally having a hell of a lot of fun. So what this game really kind of boils down to is that there are squads that you can join, each squad, infantry, armored, and of course your recon squad to kind of go out and make sure that the other uh, that the enemy isn't trying to pull a fast one on you to try and flank around. Armored, of course, you're driving around in tanks, the Tiger tank, the Sherman tank, your uh, fucking Stewarts, your Panthers, and your Pumas, and your Jumbo if you want to be a masochist. But it's <laughs> it's super fun to get into, and I have been playing that since fuck. Friday. It is. Ha- I've had so much fun with it that if you look on my Steam page, that yeah, I have about eight hours worth of gameplay on it within three days of just nonstop playing it. I haven't been able to play any of my other games like Vindictus. Vindictus is act, uh, which we'll, I'll talk about later, but it's just a lot of fun. If you want to actually have a good squad-based experience outside of squads, this is the game for you. I have never had a game where it's just completely silent and people are just, you know, trying to be trying to be Rambos or anything like that. There's always people talking. They're saying, hey, watch out for the enemy out in the barn. Hey, I'm throwing a grenade out. Hey, I'm throwing smoke. Hey, it looks like you're about to die. Here, let me put a Panzerschlick right in front of your face. Ah, oh, no. Yeah. You, too, can experience the pleasures of being team-killed by your own <laughs> artillery trying to push up onto a point. And the only thing you get out of that artillery master is... My bad. <laughs> But it's just so much fun because it actually has a set chain of command. You have your regular infantry mooks that go out and take points. You have your squad leaders that bark orders at you and try and get orders from the commander. And then, of course, the commander. The commander's job is to try and not have a mental breakdown because people are talking within your head trying to figure out what the hell you want to do. It's a hell of a lot of fun, especially if you have a bunch of friends playing along with you. I've had a I've had one major intense moment where we are trying to hold this kind of farm and it's it's snowy and all that stuff and there were there was not a single point in the game where no one was talking because they 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 kept they keep talking to me as a squad leader and saying, "Hey, boss, you need to let command know that we have infantry inbound. We don't have a lot of people here. We need squads to push over here. We lost that point. We need them back over at the farm right now." So like like fucking clockwork, everyone starts rushing into the farm. They're all taking up defensive positions. People are screaming, saying that, holy shit, there's a bunch of tigers coming out of the goddamn woodwork right now. Someone kill the tigers. That usually ends in one brave lone soul charging headlong into machine gun fire, yeah. getting to the side of the tiger, <laughs> letting loose a shell, and then realizing that it's a tiger and that they probably should have tried to hit the side because now the tiger is very upset that you tried to damage its uh, that you tried to damage its paint job. Usually ends in death, somebody laughing at them, and then they try to do it all over again, except this time they learn from their mistakes instead of just charging at it full force again. Where in Battlefield, everyone is just rushing towards the tank, throwing nothing but grenades at it, throwing nothing but anti-tank grenades, just genuinely being a nuisance and not a lot of tactical cohesion actually Look, being put to the Look, if it works, it works, okay? But, I mean, it's, it's realistic. If we tip over the giant enemy tank, it works. Yeah, I mean, it works, sure. But, I mean, this game is just so good. Armor can't do its job without the infantry. Infantry can't push into... Uh, can't push into points without the armor, and just vice versa. Can't work. Uh, can't actually do things without the recon. If you don't know where the enemy is, why the hell are you pushing up? Let the recon do their job. Let them call out infantry positions. Let them do their job. Let them pu- uh, pinpoint out enemy commanders. Punch them in the dick. Run away. So, and you showed me some videos about this on YouTube, and I was quite honestly digging what I saw. And what I gathered from this, the very first impression that I realized is that this is a game where you absolutely need to learn your place. If you are a sniper, you do your sniper things and you you get yourself out of the way. Um, and and uh, you can actually be commanded as to where you need to go as well. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of teamwork that is involved in a game like... What was it? Hell, uh, hell at loose. Hell at loose. Okay, 
Um, and, and yeah, I'm actually interested in trying this game out at some point too. Yeah. So the way that this fucking works is that there's also, of course, your Omaha and Utah beaches. Right. Utah Beach is hell incarnate for different reasons, mainly because. Sure, if you take the beaches, you're good to go. But then right after that, you got to go and take two different points that are miles away from one another. So you need to coordinate with your team hardcore to push those points simultaneously so that way you can take it. Omaha Beach, hope to Christ that the Germans did not touch the trenches. Because <laughs> if they touch the trenches, it is just like saving Private Ryan, uh, saving Private Ryan in the beginning of the game. Machine gun fire going off, artillery positions trying to do creeping barrages, bombing missions... All of this other stuff, recons are trying to get into flanking positions. Other recons are trying to make sure that, th that the enemy recon team isn't trying to snipe out everyone else. There's actual sniper battles that are ensuing. So if you shoot, you move. You shoot and scoot. You do not stay in one position because then that sniper is going to zero in and either he is going to be better than you or he's, or he's going to be worse than you and calling an artillery strike on your position. Not the funnest thing to be caught in an artillery barrage. Right. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun. If you can pick up if you can pick it up on full price, do it. If you can pick it up on sale, more power to you. Okay. And uh, as for my second game, as you've probably all known, I am a big big fucking simp when it comes down to Vindictus. I'm just gonna <laughs> straight up say it. I've spent God knows how much money on that goddamn game. I know. And it's just it's so much fun. But right now they they have put out a new event that is supposed to be celebrating the release of a new character that will be coming out on the 21st of this month. She is called Lethor. She is Chun-Li. She knows Kung Fu. Ooh. I am super excited because there is an actual cosmetic item in the game that you can actually get for her in order to basically make her into mini Chun-Li. Um, you don't understand. Chun-Li is my favorite character. I, I need it. I need the cosmetic item. <laughs> and I don't care how long it'll take. But if you complete a bunch of missions in the game above level 30, you're able to basically get a bunch of these items that will help you grow that character. That way you can go straight into punching people in the face at high level. Okay. Well, so for, for my game for this week, I'm going to preface it with this. I, I am at the age of dad. And being at the age of dad, I have been... Uh, more embracing the the dad gaming. And so I've been trying to think to myself of like what actually constitutes of dad gaming. So let's maybe try to help shape this a bit then. What I would consider dad gaming is, uh, well, one, one of the mechanics it can have is a game that you're able to pick up and put down easily when you need to. And this includes PC role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got your Skyrim for the PC. You've got Morrowind that you mod the shit out of. Um, and then you've also got the uh, the game that I chose for this week, which is Diablo. Now, in Diablo, uh, you can actually pick this up for 10 bucks off of GOG.com. So that way you're not directly going to Blizzard and like directly giving them money for it. Sure, sure, some of the profits will go to Blizzard, but either way, though. Uh, this is back when... Back in 1996... When Blizzard was having a much bigger clue than than they do now, mm -hmm. uh, this is a game where, if you compare it to Diablo three, it's like two completely separate games at this point. In Diablo three, you are trying to kill as many hordes as you possibly can, but in Diablo one, it's like trying to eat a gourmet dessert, and so you you pick from one of three classes. It, you're either warrior. Uh, rogue or sorcerer. If you're a warrior, you go out there with your sword, sword and buckler. If you're a, a rogue, you go out there with your bow and arrow. And if you're a sorcerer, you've got your magic and mana. It's pretty simple. But then I noticed that it was really, really hard for me to put down the fucking game yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, it's pretty simple it, with with the quests that you start off from the beginning where somebody's poisoned the water hole. You know, it's you uh, you have to figure out why the well in the town is uh, is dirtied up and undrinkable. And so you go to your first dungeon and you have to figure out, oh hey, there's this crack in the wall surrounded by candles. And you go into it and you find 
a good good handful of demons that you need to kill. You kill them all, then it's like, oh, hey, the water is completely fresh again. So it, you've realized the existence of the demons is what made the water dirty and undrinkable in the first place. And so in having that, that sound effect that it gives you once you kill all the demons and then it hits you like, okay, I did it. That felt amazing to me. Despite this game being in 1996 and despite the graphics of back then, this game completely holds up for me. It is absolutely what I want for dungeon crawling. It is something that is making me hesitant. Um, you know, I can open I can open up the door and try to barrage as uh, as big as I can, but I'm going to get my ass kicked. Diablo three is a power trip. It is meant to make you kill as much as possible as fast as possible. If you are a wizard, you are just a fire hose of die. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And so I, I finished through the the Diablo three main quest with like millions worth of gold and no way of knowing how to spend the shit in Diablo one. I, I keep coming back and forth between the town and the first dungeon, just trying to make sure that I level up to the point where, Hey, okay. I feel more confident in being able to kill the, the skelly boys that I'm facing or the zombies. All right. I can advance a little bit further now. It, it's, it's this weird, like it, you, you gotta be brave with yourself here. You know, you're not going to be, healing as easily or as quickly as you are in Diablo three, where it's like, you know, you've got a handful of potions here and you got to make sure that you're um, keeping yourself safe. Otherwise you're, you're going to die. And if you don't save before you die, well, you got to start that whole part all over again from when you're last saved. Mm -hmm. And so like if you, um, if you die in the game, actually before saving, you got to start all over again. Mm hmm. And uh, th this game is this game is fucking great, man. I really hate what Blizzard turned into over time, but you know what, man? If you can buy the classic games and experience them for what they are, do so. I would actually recommend Diablo One over Diablo Two as well, and that was inspired by Razor Fist. I was watching him play the Razor Fist arcade, going over the first Diablo game, and I was watching. I was like, I miss what he's playing. And what I would give to have some sort of dungeon crawler like that in this kind of day, you give me those aesthetics, I'm going to be a happy camper for weeks. So that's it for my games of the week, though. And with that, let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. Gaming news. All right, so for the gaming news, first off, uh, Disney Plus has been getting the X-Men films back onto their, their platform. Ooh. And here's the thing, though. From Variety.com, Disney Plus leaves Hugh Jackman's butt uncensored for X-Men Days of Future Past. Which is actually kind of big because during... Uh... Put your mouth closer to the microphone, please. Oh, my bad. Which is actually kind of big because, think about it, one of the other films that they did have to censor was kind of, you know, kind of weird as well. Yeah. For instance, I mean, I, I think it's called like The Mermaid or something like that, but it's it's a film where there is a, there is a small shot of a woman who is running butt-ass naked towards the sea, jumps into the ocean, and just kind of like disappears. Kind of, you know... Like, yeah, it's it's a little risque a little bit, but within the context of it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the way that Disney decided to, uh, to fucking, uh, was it, to censor this weird part is to give her a giant... It looks like she has a hairy ass. Yeah, it looks like she has a hairy ass. And it's not good. It's really creepy. And, uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Up next, uh, Counter-Strike GO. Uh, CSGO's implements uh, new anti-cheat measures and forces trusted mode by default. Ooh. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Uh, so, trusted mode out from techraptor.net. Valve has implemented stringent anti-cheating measures for Counter-Strike GO in order to combat cheating. Players will now launch CSGO in trusted mode by default. And while in that mode, third-party software will be unable to interact with Counter-Strike Global Offense. 
and uh, from the OBS Twitter account. As a result of today's CSGO update, it is no longer possible to use game capture while in trusted mode. Players will have to use window capture with non-full screen modes or use the untrusted launch option if you must play in full screen. So, the anti-cheat software is always going to be a little fucking weird because sometimes there's always going to be cracks in the wall. Uh, what is it? Trusted mode for CSGO. Yep. It sounds like if you want to just play games and not have to record, then that's the mode that you're just going to want to play in. But if you're going to be going into untrusted mode, that's going to open up into a whole different possibility of things. That's where Valve can basically say, all right, this is where we're going to start fucking watching you hardcore. Um, I've been hit with an actual ban on Team Fortress 2 because someone else was using a hack and I don't know. It's just that whenever, whenever this sort of hacking thing comes out from uh, from Valve, that's where I have to say to myself, is, "How is this going to affect me, the person that doesn't use hacks?" Because if it turns, because uh, there's the way that their system works is that if you're a part of the team, then there is a chance where you can just get the ban hammer as well, because it's like you were complacent in this instead of you know reporting the guy, right? And I I haven't played the fucking Team Fortress in a very long time because of that one that one instance. I'll probably get back into it and kind of kind of appeal, I guess, to Valve. I'm pretty sure they're just gonna say to my uh, say to me, "All right, it was it was a fault in our system. I'm not gonna do. Yeah, don't worry about it." Yeah, I'm like okay, cool. And uh, my last bit for gaming news before we get to yours: mm-hmm. the Sims Game Show is coming to TBS this month. Game Show. Uh, yes. Uh, this is also from TechRaptor. Uh, there's eSports and then there's uh, eSports. New competitions are springing up left and right, and that's why there's going to be a Sims game show. That's right. For some reason, EA has decided that the Sims sparked, I almost read that as spanked, is something people will be interested in watching. And uh, hosted by American Idol finalist Rayvon Owen, three judges will determine which players can make the coolest and most stylish stuff in The Sims 4. The Sims Sparked will feature a number of competitions in a four-episode series. Twelve contestants will be competing for an ultimate prize of $100,000. That's not bad. Oh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. So that's going to be a little weird. I have never heard of competitive house building in any game, really, I've heard of community-led events where it's you post your you, you post your house and you get street cred, so to speak. But I've never heard of EA just straight up. I, I've actually never heard of any company for these casual games to release a you know a competitive mode. So I guess that's going to be kind of interesting to see. I think it's there because you know of the whole COVID nineteen that's happening all around, and they, right. they they need to start getting people back into it. And hilariously, people are picking up more and more, uh, picking up video games a lot more and more now. Because what else are you going to do? Watch TV? That's boring. Oh, yeah. Absolutely boring. Like, every person that I work with at my workplace plays video games. That is just an actual statement. That is not a, I think they all play video games. I've talked to each and every one of them. They all play video games. My boss. 30 minutes after, uh, for 30 minutes after work, he will sit in his car and play all of these little mobile RPGs. He will play them all until he is out of all the resources or until he gets bored with it, and then he goes home. And then he plays on fucking Call of Duty with his son, and then he gets to listen to his youngest son complain about Fortnite. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, most everyone that I know plays video games to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this goes. It, I mean, it sounds like it could be a flop because I'm not hearing anybody talk about it either. No. Well, but it's also coming out on CBS, and if it's ca- coming out on the streaming service, oh, TBS. TBS. Oh no. Yeah. No. It's, it's gonna flop. Yeah. TBS. TBS is known for its funny, haha, you know, shows, uh, game shows. Mm. But hey, the tagline to TBS very funny. Mm, could be very funny. But with Sims, uh, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it either. Unless they, unless there's something else that they really, really fucking need to like. Un- un- unless 
they have a different mode for it, then I can probably see it. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't know. Yeah. All right, what you got for news? So, as you all know, I am super into Warhammer 40,000. Yes. And there is a new edition for Warhammer 40,000 coming out here in actually a couple of weeks. Pre-orders for the new edition core rulebook, as well as three different books. The chapter approved, the Munitorum book, and of course the tournament organizer, as well as a journal for the new narrative mission modes, are going to be coming out in a couple weeks from now. I already put my pre-orders for that, and as well as something that is known as the Indominus box set. In the Indominus box set, you are taking, you can, you will either lead the forces of the Space Marines against the foul machinations of the Xenos Empire known as the Necrons, or you'll be leading the Necrons into victory against the foul-smelling humans known as the Adeptus Astartes. This is pretty fucking huge. Everyone is hyped about this. Everyone is waiting for the pre-orders, and the pre-orders are gone within the first uh, 20 minutes of the light of the site putting it on. No shit. It was huge. Everyone was fucking excited, like, okay, are they going to be putting out new box sets? And then people started looking on eBay. And boy, howdy, did people get very upset. Your favorite sorts of people, Durkham, scalpers. Oh, okay. Got to the box sets. And not only did they get to the box sets, they referenced all of the prices for all of the fucking models in the box to sell it at hashtag full price. So the 100 and I think $190 box set is now going for about $350 on eBay right now. And people are livid. Scalpers are laughing it up and they are immediately getting banned on eBay. God fucking damn it. This is this is what happens whenever people think to themselves, I want money. I don't care about the hobby. Dude, I mean, they deserve to be banned anyway. Yeah. Fuck them. Now, here's the other here here's the other big point of fact. These are also happening on Facebook, eBay, Craigslist, basically every place that allows a that allows a seller to sell things. You might be seeing them on eBay for a little while before uh, fucking eBay. Uh, you might be seeing them on Amazon for a while before Amazon starts catching on and saying, "All right, enough of this shit." But right now, it is not a good time to uh, it is not a good time to be a hobbyist trying to pre-order any of these boxes because scalpers will just immediately pre-order it all. And what's worse is that there is only a small allotment allowed to the website itself, which means the scalpers. There, there are rumors that the scalpers were the actual ones that just bought all of the pre-orders instead of people that actually wanted to pre-order the game and play it. But there is, there is a silver lining. Chapter Master Valorak, as well as a good amount of his followers, got on Twitch and immediately started telling people, "Hey, let's combat the scalpers. Let's go to local game stores, different websites, and let's start telling people where all of these pre-orders are happening." With that, a lot of a lot of game stores are already selling out for people that are really excited to actually get the pre-orders. And of course, Chapter Master Valorak actually did get a fair amount of good cred out of this. He helped combat the he helped combat the scalper scourge as they are being called right now. And golly mighty more power more power to the people that are helping out people that just want the pre-orders putting in their time and effort into making sure that other people know that there are other places that they can be buying this stuff instead of off of a scalper on ebay so i don't know if that picked up (laughs) barely oh no i tried clapping oopsies yeah well yeah good good fuck I fucking hate scalpers. I, I mean, they're a huge it. problem in the music scene too, mm-hmm. uh, especially with tickets. Uh, Mel uh, was uh, a little bit hesitant to buy a tool ticket, and then as soon as the tool tickets became available for our state, uh, they were immediately sold out, and you could only buy them through scalpers. Ugh. Yeah, it's a huge fucking problem. They're pathetic. Yeah. So with that, let's go ahead and go into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. Okay, so a little bit of a history lesson when it comes down to this, and the reason why the Indominus box set was on the news for the uh, for gaming news. So, Games Workshop. 
Love them or hate them, they're one of the most successful companies that Britain has ever thrown out. They are right now the most successful uh, company that Britain will ever throw out right uh, right now. And uh, I, there were there were talks that they actually threw out a stimulus package for uh, for for everyone in England right now. So that was really cool for them. They they are they are a multi billion dollar business right now, and that is really big when it when you start thinking about it. Three of their games are one of the most popular shit that you can actually buy. Age of Sigmar, Warhammer 40k, and then of course, uh, Kill Team. They're selling a lot of them. And it kind of got me thinking after a while, like, God, how long has this company been going around for? So a little bit of a history lesson. Games Workshop used to, you know, be a very small fucking thing. This was run by a couple gentlemen that just realized that hey we should we should get together and make and make some stuff for gaming right for like little chessboards backgammon go little chessboards and stuff like that and then they started you know kind of expanding their operations like selling all of these little D&D miniatures for people to use for D&D and then after a while it just kind of turned into like oh hey this is actually kind of cool like they they realized that they weren't selling as many D&D miniatures after a while and then they started thinking to themselves, "All right, what can we do with all of these miniatures right now?" Oh, let's let's make a little uh I don't know, a tabletop a tabletop role-playing game where you're commanding armies. That that sounds kind of cool, right? So, that's how Warhammer Fantasy came about. After a while, Warhammer Fantasy st- uh started splintering out into Rogue Trader, the precursor to Warhammer 40K, which was Kind of, which was part role playing game, part war game. But my God, it was it it, it it was the time of awesome. It was the time of cool. It was also the weirdest time of insanity incarnate. There were there there were there were rumors that were saying that oh actually Warhammer forty thousand is actually being t- is actually taking place in a crystal ball that is on top of a shelf that is owned by a wizard in Warhammer Fantasy. So that was kind of a little hilarious tidbit that I got while researching this thing. But did you know that Games Workshop was not always this multi billion dollar company? Did you know that they almost went bankrupt? Two thousand fifteen. So let's kind of get into this. 2015 was kind of a dark time for Games Workshop. They were starting they 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 were making a lot of really weird decisions. Uh those of you that have been in the hobby for a while, you'll know to, you'll 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 know what I was talking about here. This was around the time that the end times for Warhammer Fantasy Battles was starting to take place. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is the climax. This is the big thing." And then they started looking at what the fuck GW was doing and realizing that, "Oh shit, some of these books are very expensive and they don't really give me a lot of rules outside of like other things that tell me, hey, you can start putting these models into your armies now. Or, hey, magic is a lot more uh, intricate nowadays, so you should be taking care of these rules from now on for your wizards. And then it just kind of turned into the mortal realms versus the chaos realms plus rat people. And you just threw fucking armies at one another. And while that seems really cool from a narrative standpoint, pocketbook-wise, boy howdy. Because these rules would also change the core rules for Warhammer Fantasy, where you would have to buy more models in order to stay relevant in the newer supplements. And after a while, they kind of threw caution to the wind and just said, hey, if you want to put an undead army with your elves, you can go ahead and do that right now. Hey, do you want this really big, humongous, fuck-off model called Nagash? Yeah, you can put him in there. He's the most overpowered thing that you can put into the game, but yeah, go ahead, buddy. Oh, do you want Archeon on a giant dragon A fuck? Yeah, go ahead. You want all of these big centerpiece models that... Feasibly, you would never actually take, but they're so good. Why wouldn't you take them in any of the armies that you're ta- and that you're building right now? Do it. Buy models now. And it was not a good time to be a 40k fan either. Fans of the 40k, of the uh, 40k Warhammers, you'll notice that uh, I'm I'm kind of getting into a part where it was the dark times, as many of my friends have actually called it. This was when formations began to take place. 
what are formations? Basically, formations would give you rules, extra rules and benefits, sometimes very overpowered rules and benefits, that basically forced you to buy more models if you want to actually win games. Oof. So there were things called the Space Marine Demi Company. Space Marine Demi Company was basically about mm, 50 Marines as well as a bunch of different other things um, where you would get extra benefits to your army if you ran this formation. There were also formations that would allow for hero characters to basically part uh, be part of a squad, and it was next to impossible to try and kill them. I was the one who acts who thought that you know it would be really fucking fun if I just ran four gigantic demons together and they could never die. And then I started looking at that, and I'm like, do I really want to be shunned from the gaming community for running something like this? No, I would rather not. So I didn't. And after a while, people started looking at this and saying, this is actually really shitty. So Games Workshop put out all of these new rules, all these new supplements, all of these new things to basically almost make people have to buy bigger models, more expensive models in order to, you know, stay relevant in game, uh, like during these games. Like you would take these gigantic Titanic units that cost upwards to 200 to $300 in order to use and if you didn't bring any of the big shit either you couldn't win that was just a fact at the uh, at that stage in the game it was super hard to win against these things so it would force you to buy all of these really expensive models and people started catching on to that games workshop didn't so, around 2015, they noticed a very large dip in sales. That's when they started saying to themselves, alright, we have to do something. So, they did the one thing that no one wanted. Around 2015-2016, Chaos won in Warhammer Fantasy. They killed the world of Warhammer Fantasy. They just straight up killed it. Why this was so controversial is because when they killed it, Two factions were not given new rules. When I mean new rules, they were not updated whatsoever. And they were giving the most unceremonious way of being killed ever. They didn't stand a chance. The Tomb Kings, basically zombie Egyptians, one of the coolest factions that you can actually play. And they just said, well, now they're part of the undead army like entirely. Like You can bring skeletons, but zombies are just better entirely. Oh, okay. What about Cetra, the Imperishable? And like, he has all of these titles. Uh, he's dead. Or actually, no, he walked away. He he walked away from the battle. Yeah, he gave a really cool speech about how he does not serve; he rules. Well, that's kind of cool. All right. Um, what about what about the Bretons? I mean, the 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 Bretonians. I mean, they're 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 French knights. They're really cool. They have Pegasus. They have Pegasi. It's basically it's basically Arthurian legend, and it's super fucking cool. Oh, they got killed. They were the first. They were the free, first human kingdoms that fell. Uh, oh. So I have about three thousand points of this awesome knight army that I can't use anymore. Yeah. I don't want to play this game anymore. Oh, don't worry. We're killing the game. Just straight up. Uh, oh. But I like playing this game. Yeah, we know, but don't worry. We have this new thing that's coming out here soon. And that new thing is called Age of Sigmar. Now, I've talked about it wholeheartedly before on the show, praising it for what exactly it was supposed to do. It was a new revamp that was supposed to entice newer players to getting into the game. And they they, they went away from the Tolkien references. So now you have uh, you have water elves. Now you have clockwork dwarves. You have like really angry elves that worship a god of slaughter. You have all of this other stuff that really sets it apart from other fantasy games. And that is present day Age of Sigmar. In the before times, there were only basically two factions: Stormcast Eternals, Chaos. People were livid. 
the rule sets were just fucking thrown out the window. Nothing that they did was actually, you know, what players wanted. And I can probably hear the gears running around because people stopped buying models around this time. People started falling out of 40k, also be, mainly because they saw what was happening to Warhammer Fantasy, and they just said, "All right, no, I see where the tides are turning." That's were they, it. Were they afraid that their 40k franchise was going to die like that? Yes, and it's it it this sentiment is actually starting to come back pretty hard right now in present day. But we're, ta- we're we'll talk about that later. So. Remember how I said that Games Workshop right now is a multi-billion dollar company? What yeah. if I told you that it was it, it was barely a quarter billion? It was about 100 million from what I understand, if I remember correctly from my little facts. But it was so bad that people really fucking hammered onto Games Workshop. They replaced the awesome Space Marine statue that they had in front of their company HQ with a Stormcast Eternal. Which was really fucking lamp blasted to hell and back. Uh, so bad that Privateer Press, one of their main competitors, said that, well, they're replacing the statue out in front of their HQ with a golden um with a, with a golden staple. No, not a golden staple, a golden paper clip with googly eyes. And everyone is supposed to love it now because it is the new thing. So people people love that gag. They took onto it and they started posting it to Games Workshop thing. And Games Workshop was very silent because all of the new things that they wanted to do were not very good or being very well received because of the not good things. Uh, around this time, that's when Total War Warhammer decided to pop out, which got more people wanting to play Warhammer Fantasy and then realizing that none of the models that they wanted to buy existed. They started axing older models in favor of newer models that no one wanted to play. It was a bad time to be part of Games Workshop. They 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 couldn't they couldn't meet the demands of the customer because they were so involved with trying to innovate. And it was a bad time all around. So imagine Bethesda saying that they killed the fallout franchise in a very unceremonious way like oh somebody set off like 50 different uh czar bombs in the middle of america and now the world is dead oh okay i guess do we do we get to stop it in a new game no it happened in a book uh, oh there's no campaign or or anything like that to like kind of change the change the way that things are going no we already wrote it out. We already have about three or four books all written out about how uh, Fallout is now dead. But don't worry, we're going to be bringing out a new book. Oh, we're going to be bringing out a new game that is based on another world that is that that is definitely different from Fallout. I don't want to play that, but it's new. No, 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 no. And you kind of get the sentiment of how these gamers really took this they were they felt betrayed they felt they felt ashamed of what happened to their favorite hobby well and i can i can easily understand that myself as well because i was much more enticed over warhammer fantasy than i was for warhammer 40k but i think it was uh i don't know if it was either rich from tempest or moose from first turn like one of the guys was saying like, Hey, you know, I, I don't want to like sell you these uh, miniatures for game. Well, I don't, I don't want to like have you buy miniatures for a game that nobody's playing. Cause that's what was going on. Like everybody was playing 40 K, but I wanted the Tolkien kind of uh, yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. And that, that, that sounded more like rich because I was actually talking to him about it. And one day and I'm like, yeah, I really want to get into fantasy, like really hardcore. Like do you, do you think I should probably buy any of these empire stuff? And he just said, "Have you not have you not heard about what's uh, what's happening?" I'm like, "Oh, what do you mean?" Yeah, they they killed Warhammer Fantasy. Oh, I mean, okay. I appreciate how straightforward Rich is with about the about the stuff. Yeah, he 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 knows for a fact that if people buy into things, they're probably not going to have a good time with it, because you know the model lines are starting to get all fucking fuzzy in right now. But it's just just imagine it. Like a string of bad decisions. 
killed any interest in the old world. Because it's like, oh, well, the old world doesn't exist anymore. But, of course, with change, there's got to be change with management as well. And stockholders started actually looking into what exactly was happening and trying to and trying to figure out like how how can we do this? So they looked over at the CEO who was making all these decisions and just said, "We want you gone. We're voting you out. We're, the the council has decided your fate and found you wanting." <laughs> so they got rid of the old CEO and they brought in a new one, and he is the reason why Games Workshop came back from the brink of bankruptcy. He is the reason that more and more people are starting to get into Warhammer 40,000. Why more people are starting to get get into Age of Sigmar. He turned the ship away from the waterfall it was going towards to, you know, calmer waters. Sure, it was a hell of a transition. People were still pissed off, uh, pissed off at Age of Sigmar. But now they're starting to look over and they're starting to realize that, hey, this shit is actually really cool. A lot of this stuff is very original. A lot of this stuff is really cool. And hey, there's actually sub-games that I could be playing in this universe as well that I don't have to spend like uh, thousands of dollars in in order to, you know, play in big, humongous games that I've seen online. And I think that that was honestly the correct decision. They brought back Kill Team. They brought back Necromunda, which got in a lot of boomers from the olden days. Uh, They brought Warcry out in order to fulfill the needs of the Mordheim fantasy group. And they just... They, they brought back Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl, of all things. One of the most obscure yeah. games that you could actually be looking into when it comes down to Games Workshop games. And it's just... I don't know. I thought it was extremely interesting to kind of look into, like, what exactly was happening around 2015 and 2016 with Games Workshop. Because I remember that those were, like, some really fucked up days. And it's just... Yeah. Yeah. I was really interested. Can I make a comment real quick, Yo. by the way? Because I'm also in the middle. Uh, I'm I'm looking in the Games Workshop website right now mm-hmm. while you're talking about this because I wanted to see like what's being featured at the moment. And I, I noticed Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game is listed there. Yeah. So for, for a guy like me who wanted that uh, Tolkien aesthetic for his uh, war miniatures for a fantasy game, like, sure, like the original Warhammer Fantasy is gone, but... There's still the Middle Earth game that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got their rule books and they've got uh, the the, the uh, different armies that you can get. This looks cool. It is cool because it's off. It it, it is literally just Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they yeah. had a they had a they had an actual box set which was the Battle of the Five Armies, and it was based off you know the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. It also they and it was it was just it. I tried to get into it, and I'm like, yeah, I should probably get into this. And then I just kind of realized that the miniatures were really small, and I like big minis because <laughs> it gives me more. It gives me more to paint. Yeah, I've seen how you are with those. Yeah, and it's just, it's a lot of fun, but it's just they're focusing more on their bigger releases. So I'm pretty sure Middle Earth isn't going to be getting any sort of uh, updates in the in 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 the near future. No, but I mean, as long as this is an option, I would really enjoy that actually. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to play it, go ahead and play it. There is nothing stopping you from buying oh, any of the minis. I can get Nazgul. Yeah. You can get oh, Nazgul. I can get the ring wraiths. Yeah. You can also get smog, the Balrog. Yeah. The Eagles. I want to play this. The, the witch King of, of what is it? Agmar. Yeah. And you can get him up on top of his uh, up up on top of his uh, Drake, and it's it's fun. So I've got this now. I can I can do this. I, I'm I want to. <laughs> Anyways, keep going though. Keep going, buddy. But it's just it kind of hurts the heart a little bit to see that Games Workshop almost fell from grace until somebody actually reached down and grabbed Games Workshop and then threw it straight back into the fucking spotlight. They did so many things right. They started getting involved extremely closely with the community. Warhammer community is always putting out new articles every goddamn day. There's always three or four articles on there a day. And it's just, it's interesting. 
It keeps people engaged. They have an active Facebook group. Every single developer at Games Workshop has to have a Twitter account so that way they can start showing off leaks. Half of the, almost all of the leaks that you are getting online are probably from a Games Workshop employee that is putting it out there to increase hype. That's uh, that's not a bad strategy. I like that. No, it is not. They put out rules for free so that way you can try out 9th edition before it drops out. And it's just, it's super, super cool. And I enjoy it wholeheartedly. All right. That's, um, fuck. I didn't even realize that uh, Games Workshop went through that kind of uphaul. Yeah, or... look it up. Around 2015, 2016, they almost fell hard. But now they're now they're selling three of the most popular uh, model lines to exist so far. Of course, the other the, the there are the top five. There is War Machine, and then there is also uh, the D and D miniatures from Wizards of the Coast, which are actually kind of falling a little bit further down because of uh, websites like Hero Forge that just let you make your own your own miniatures and of course and of course a bones miniatures that give you unpainted figures that you can just prime and then start painting on all right all right then let's go ahead and wrap this up then guys thank you very much for listening to this episode if you want to support us we have a couple ways here we have facebook.com slash arrogant media give us a like and uh, follow us on that page uh definitely help us spread the show please spread the show like a disease uh get people listening get butts in here and uh, we also have patreon.com slash arrogant media for five dollars per month to get access into the discord server where we have Hitmonkey, monkey rage on and weirdo uh weirdo especially for posting the news articles that i go through uh thank you buddy so Thank you again. Until next time, fall damage. Okay. Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.